Sunday evening here, the final Sunday of November, lads. Mm. We're, we're the festive season is well and truly here. Uh, the next time we'll be coming to you, it'll be December. There'll be no escaping it. There'll be figgy pudding everywhere. The halls will be thoroughly decked. Um, it's the Chair Shop Podcast coming at you again with our post-Thanksgiving, post-Black Friday um uh, pre-Cyber Monday, I guess, uh, uh, edition of the show. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by my ever-dependable co-host. First of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello, Barry. And also with us, back after a, a week off gallivanting, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello there, Barry. Uh, just, just had a great idea there when you mentioned Black Friday. What if WWE did... Uh, like a pay-per-view called Black Friday and gave it away for free as a Black Friday special. There you go, Vince. If you want that one, use that. No. Yeah, I mean they did do Cyber Sunday yeah, before. That's uh, not. No, it's not the same thing. No. I don't get the point of why it was called Taboo Tuesday in the first place. What was the taboo about it? Because they had to, because that's how they name pay per views, and they had to come up with any kind of like negative or d- word that implies danger or like mm. it's that it's literally all. The, I'm assuming it was like either that or like turbulent Tuesday or tumultuous Tuesday. Ir- ironically, taboo and uh, turbulent are now banned words in WWE. So. Sure, look at yeah, but and you know what? I really, I, I just want Taboo to go into the Hall of Fame like his uncle the Sheik. You know? <laughs> oh Christ! That's that's, that's Dwayne that's, Johnson Buster Bad. Is what that's that that's his uh, that's his pro Evo name Taboo. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway, oh, Taboo oh, Tuesday. We're in, we're in good form anyway, lads. We're going to talk to Joe about his trip and all that other stuff. You might notice for you know, about you know, 60% of the year, this is the case. I'm a little bit hoarse today, folks. Um, it's not just because of the season. Uh, uh, the fine folks, uh, Munster's premier wrestling organization, Phoenix. <laughs> what are you sniggering at? They are. like what? Who Monsters. Else? Oh, my God. What a, what a quantifier that is. Oh, oh, pardon moi. Fucking, we didn't have uh, leak slip with the Galway guy and the fucking... Hang on a second, don't you besmirch the good name of Irish with wrestling, wrestling in a car park and leak slip that one time. <laughs> and they said it more than because I, I have a friend who was there last night who is from League Slip and she has also seen this thing you're, you're referencing. And let's not forget the one time it started raining so they went, like, take it, take it home, brother. They didn't have any Cody Rhodes <laughs> issues in that match. <laughs> take it home, brother! Pedigree and out oh. the door they went. Oh, let's, let's go straight to the stunner spot. They, no, it was legitimately a pedigree was the finish. Oh, and God. straight into the van. The hideout. Was it Trent 7? Hey? Was it Trent 7? It wasn't. It wasn't. This man made Trent Seven look svelte in comparison. 
Alrighty. Anyway, uh, so Phoenix was here last night. Always a good night out. Um, uh, have they ever so done that... a uh, Have they ever done a monsters ball match? Uh, nope. They should. The puns are rolling in tonight. Yay! Monsters ball. That's brilliant. <laughs> and it's like I actually. It's funny you mentioned that. I had an idea. I'm going to say something now on the podcast. Something that I thought was too shy to even tweet. So you're getting like Twitter. <laughs> Joke cast off. How bad is this? Because he eats everything. It was like, remember the old Monster Ball matches? The premise was that the lads uh, would be locked up for 24 hours without food or water. Do you remember that? Was was that a thing? Was that part of the original Monster's Ball game? Yeah, the, the, the very, I think the first two or three. It was like the first one was like Jeff Hardy, Abyss, and two, and Raven, and one of the lads. Raven and Monty uh, Brown, they, I think it was. I think that was it. But the commentators were like, Mike, in his, my best Mike Janay voice, the competitors have been, this is Obama, I don't know why Obama is calling TNA, <laughs> have uh, been locked up for 24 hours uh, without food or water or but sunlight. Would they not just and be was, weaker at wrestling then, if that was the case? One of those wacky TNA things where it's supposed to be, oh, it's going to be even more. And Monty Brown has fainted Sorry. on his way to the ring <laughs> of dehydration. <laughs> I, I was thinking, is there a way TNA could do that again, but instead of 24 hours without eating, it's like all, all the participants are doing No Nut November. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it could have been 24 hours with no heating, like TJP used to have when he stepped outside the fucking building. I, I might I might pitch that to Phoenix, though, for the Monsters Ball match. Just no wanking for a week before you have the match. Um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh my god, the testicles on Murphy. Oh uh, god. Uh, Marion Armstrong just absolutely bursting at the seams. Um, anyway. So yeah, Phoenix was great. Oh, uh, seams. Um, they, did, they did another uh, LJ Cleary Steve Savage match uh, in the main event, which, which they, they did one last time. LJ cheated and won, and they 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 set it up back then. They bl- they blew it off here. Savage won. It was the atmosphere was great. Uh, the more than hype boys, ah, oh, wonderful heels, little dweebs, little little fucking little twerps, just getting in the crowd's face. They were so fantastic. Uh, we had a little chat about it after the show. Me and th- some of the uh, fellas who traveled down for the show, and they were like, "They would when the day comes when they turn in OTT, it's going to be great because they're 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 great in that role." But uh, yeah, it, it was a fun time uh, and and all that, um, and um, I'm feeling the effects of it today. Um, but uh, yeah, I strongly recommend anyone anyone in uh, uh, you know the the region. Uh, go along to a Phoenix show if they come to your town. They announced a show in Waterford. Uh, they run in Cork every month, and they do the occasional Limerick show as well. So always, always recommend it. And if you're an out of towner, I say it is, and and you want a good, it's you know, it's kind of more of a go there for the sesh while you're at you know at a wrestling show. That that's kind of more the vibe. It's not like travel for like OTT for like supercards. It's it's a different vibe, but it's 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 a good crack. Um, yeah, so I had, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I took Friday off work. Just cause, you know, just cause I wanted. Oh, so to. did I. Um, I went to that time of year where we have to kind of either use up our days off that we stored or carry them forward, and I don't want to carry that many forward. So I'm like, all right, Friday off, I'll do my my bargain hunting. You know, partake in the in the you know uh, despicable tradition that is Black Friday. Um, partake in that, and then also I took Monday off because I I knew I knew I would be in the state I currently am in, mm. so I. I 
able for for work tomorrow. So yeah, I'm I'm chilling at the moment. Um, I did go shopping. Uh, I got myself a new coat. Right. Oh, uh, very nice. 120 down to 60. Um, all right, all yes, right. I'll take that. Thank you very much. Uh, I got uh, uh, some games. I'll talk about uh, during the old uh, uh, game guff. Um, and I think that's it. yeah. I think I think that's it. Yeah, I'll talk about the the games in, in the game guff. One thing I didn't get discounted because it just wasn't on sale was uh, Super Mario Party for the Switch, um, uh, which was fun. Uh, yeah, and I don't think I, I don't think I've I've been up to much else uh, this week if one of you other lads want to kick off the old uh, life golf what about you tiny boy where you been what you got for us well i was off in the united states of america ah. um, so i went back to los angeles for a few days um it was of course uh, thanksgiving this week which as you may know is a american holiday tradition um held in the third week of uh or third uh, Thursday of November every year, where they give thanks for uh, stuff. I don't know, good things, I suppose. I'm not really 100 percent sure on the, on the origins, pilgrims and Indians, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, we went over, went to Los Angeles for a few days. Um, mostly was good Michelle catching up with friends and family. We then went to my my very first time in Texas. Yeah, Texas boy in El Paso. Well, in hot yeah. Texas Ooh, yeah, it was. Actually, it was the hottest November, but it's quite warm. Um, it's also the driest place I've ever been, baby. Not a drop of moisture in the fucking air to be found. Um, my skin was like the uh, Inside Out episode of The Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> Treehouse of Horror 1. Oh, dear. Just, just gradually... Um, turning red and dry um yeah it was very nice it was kind of what you'd expect from texas lots of just nothing like open, big kind of open plains of dirt and sand as far as the eye could see with a cow gently kind of moseying around um fellas with guns uh big stakes um he'd also go shopping in a kind of cowboy store so I wanted to get some, some souvenirs to bring back. So they had all these like big cowboy hats. There was one that was like five grand or something mental like that. I was oh, yeah, crazy. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then Thanksgiving was on the Thursday. It's basically Christmas, but without the presents and the decorations. Yeah. This is kind of what I got out of it. We just sort of got up, watched telly, the family turned up. At a turkey dinner, then watched more telly. So you know, yeah, thumbs up, really. Yeah, it's funny. So, I, I was listening to a podcast in the week talking about Thanksgiving. Yeah, and this an American podcast, of course. And they and they said that like it's it's funny how Thanksgiving has this like set menu and Christmas doesn't. And I was like, yeah, well, just because you've split it into two holidays, <laughs> that's why you have Christmas yeah. dinner in November. That's the fucking difference. Yeah, why are they not? What are they having for Christmas dinner then? I don't know. It's fish or something, probably. Fish not. Uh, ask, Mich- ask Michelle. Fish? Ask Michelle what they have for Christmas. What do you have for Christmas? What what meal? Tamales. What? Tamales. Tamales. Yeah. For Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Garlic bread. <laughs> uh, what about you? You have a dressed turkey. No. No. Oh, 
be racist if she grows She's having a laugh. Well, that, well, that's the good thing. Like, we get we get to have two Christmases here. We have obviously Brazilian Christmas and then Irish yeah. Christmas. You now get two Christmas dinners a year. So, I know it is handy having mm. Thanksgiving. It's like a little warm up for for the main event. The you know the proper one Christmas, <laughs> uh, where we celebrate our Lord Savior Jesus Christ rather that's than of course, yeah. Thanksgiving, whatever that's about. Pilgrims um, and turkeys, I think. Didn't a pilgrim kill yeah. a turkey or something once? Yeah, I think it. Yeah, yeah, something like that. The um, turkey is an analogy for the Native American. Oh yeah. <laughs> hmm. What? Well, I mean, they might um, as well have, but you know. Yeah, so it was good. Um, did a bit of shopping, got some good Christmas gifts and some new clothes and stuff. And yeah, um, yeah I think that was weird. Then we flew back sort of, well, yesterday afternoon, arrived uh, back in the UK this morning. Um, ooh, the flight, ooh, it was pretty much turbulence from start to finish. Oh, really? Not like really bad turbulence, but just kind of low level sort of, you know, bumping yeah. and a bit shaking about. It means you can't, Get up and go to the loo. Um, so I've always got the seatbelt signs on. Do they hand out nappies? Um, or? Yeah. And then as soon as they turn the sign off, like 50 people get up and run to the loo. <laughs> so then you, you say you can't go. And then they put the seatbelt sign back on. Right. Ah, dear. They did have Wi-Fi on the plane, though, now, which is Ooh, interesting. Hello. I didn't, I didn't get it because it was like 20 quid a go. And, you know, to be honest, I can, huh. I can last 10 hours without Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's an exciting new development. Um, yeah, it was good. It was nice. It was very warm, and then we got back to London, and it was about nine degrees Celsius. And we were freezing our bollocks off. And how are you as a flyer? Was the turbulence uh, an annoyance or something that was kind of playing on your mind? Uh, it doesn't bother me too much. It's more, it's when the plane kind of dips up and down, yeah. almost like a roller coaster, and you get that sort of Oof. hanging in midair. Since I don't like that. Right, because I don't really like roller coasters either, to be honest. No, so. neither do I. I've been to Disney. Yeah. I've been to Disney. I also do kind of assume that as soon as anything sort of any kind, there's any kind of noise or sort of weird stuttering, a little rumble as we're going into land. Yeah, I assume we're going to crash. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's dead, dead. Uh, whatever. Sure, we lived a good uh, life. No, yeah, it turns out it's always fine. So, mm. yeah. worry about that. Very good. Um, are you Paul? What you been up to? Ah, uh, not much. Um, what have I been up to? I took Friday off, uh, like yourself, because I booked my Christmas holidays. Uh, I've about a week off for Christmas, which is nice. Um, but now that I'm a team leader, uh, whereas for the previous couple of years, I Jesus, since like 2014, I'd always been kind of. The lone wolf of the of the department because I was training <laughs> I was training coordinator and then I was training specialist he's, for the company. He's very much the sting. I, I'm very much the Baron the Corbin of the oh, uh, God. the help desk. Um, so I was never part of a team, so I could just take whatever holidays I wanted. But I had three weeks for Christmas holidays last year, for example. Uh, but now I'm part of a team, and they're like, "Well, we need one team leader on the, on the desk over Christmas." So we kind of had to come to a compromise, which I'm quite happy with what I got out. I'm I'm working the 24th, so I'm working Christmas Eve, but then I'm off until the 31st, and then I'm off on the first again. So I'm only working the 24th and the 31st are my two kind of 
days over the Christmas period that I'm working. And then back to normal on the 2nd of January. So that's quite nice. So um, having that booked, I had an extra day and a half of holidays. So I just took Friday off, because fuck it. And uh, I sat home and played Assassin's Creed all day. Basically. Very, very nice. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think we said it on the podcast last week. But of course, congratulations also to Joe and Michelle. I think it was the one-year anniversary last week, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, it was on oh. Friday. We had, that was the day we flew out, actually. So, so. congrats. Thank you very much. First of many, hopefully. Um, yeah. uh, in less good news, Binky did her best to die in the week. Um, uh, she all right though. She looking good again, but she was uh, you know, she wasn't moving much, eating much, and kind of wheezing like I do when I have a particularly bad spell of asthma. But she all right now. We got we got some medicine into her. This is the advantage of of um, having a girlfriend who is training to be a vet is that she kind of already knows like oh. This is what she needs. Get this medicine into her pop pop pop. And she's basically better now. So, so that was good. Apart from that kind of an uneventful week um, that I recall. Yeah. yeah, just a lot of work. I'm kind of starting... Because I... Uh, I can't even speak. Um, starting to get a little bit burned out by work. Because I was, for a couple of weeks, the only team leader on a department of mm-hmm. about 60 people. So... A lot to manage. Luckily, everybody's back now, which allowed me to take a day off, finally. I think it was my first day off since August. But, uh, yeah, health-wise, I'm good. Um, yeah, not much Not much happened this week. I did, um, I guess this is where I'd put it. I don't really want to do a, a full guff about it. But I watched um, quite a funny fight last night. It was Chuck Liddell against Tito Ortiz 3. Yeah, that was last night. It was last night. Um, which was promoted by Golden Boy Promotions, the Oscar de la Hoya, um, Golden Boy. And, uh, ooh, um, Barry, I reckon if you had gone in there, you would have beat the shit out of Chuck Liddell the way he looked. Uh, uh, well, you know, I, I, I nearly had our LJ Cleary by the throat last night, so I was busy myself. <laughs> I assume, have you seen the game, I assume? Uh, No. Oh God! I've not seen. Uh, talk about the fight. I'll find it for you. Okay. Um, yeah, Chuck Liddell was throwing punches at the speed of a glacier. Um, he's like forty-eight now. He's he's getting up there in years. But uh, it it was Kimbo Slice data five thousand bad. It might have been might have been even oh, worse no. to be honest. Um, oh no! Not worse in the sense that obviously you know Dada and Kimbo were just exhausted. Um, Chuck Liddell didn't fight enough to be exhausted. He was just moving incredibly slowly. Um, none of his punches connected, but even if they did, I don't think that he they, they would have had much impact because they were they were very, very, very slow punches that, you know, Ortiz could just kind of lean out of the way of them. And then, uh, and then Tito, Tito, I don't know why, but started the fight kind of a little bit apprehensive. But then once he realized that Liddell literally couldn't hurt him, he just knocked him unconscious, <laughs> and then that was the end of the fight. And it was very, very sad. It was kind of like um, it reminded me a bit, a bit of uh, Crown Jewel there with you know Under- oh, Undertaker and Triple H, and it was it was a little bit of that where you're watching and going, hmm, this lad probably should not be in there fighting. And to be fair, Tito Ortiz, who has like not retired and has continued fighting, uh, unlike Liddell, who's been retired for like eight years. Um, he looked fine. He looked like he he could probably still go more or less. But Liddell looked 
uh, dreadful. Right, let's see what this gif is then. All right, Barry Murphy giving the finger here. All right, yeah, very good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, apart from that, not much. Not much. Okay. Uh, well, what else we got here? We'll jump into one of our guffs next. Uh, any telly guff to speak of? I. I don't think I've watched anything. I'm catching up on the good place, but that's about it. What are you? What are you guys watching? I watched an episode of uh, Spooky Hell House or whatever it's called, The House of Hill mm-hmm. Hill House. Hell Hell Hill House rolls off the tongue. Um, we watched episode five, which I had heard was very good, which was the one about um, the bent neck lady, if I'm remembering that correctly. Uh, enjoyed it very much. We have kind of slowed down though to the point that I'm only watching one episode of this a week. Which, as you recall, is how television used to be, children. Um, but I thought it was very, very good. I will say, about ten minutes into the episode, I did correctly predict what the end of the episode was going to be. So uh-huh. that, that made me feel all clever in that. Um, but yeah, super, super good show. I've heard episode six is a banger, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, the reason, though, why we've had to slow down a bit... Ah, I suppose this should have been life guff. Um... Of course, Natty is in university studying to be a vet. So it's around this time of year she's uh, due quite a few assignments. So she's working away at that. Uh, I spent my Tuesday evening doing maths with her. uh, Doing statistics and probability. So not a lot of time for TV or movies, unfortunately. But uh, we did get our one episode of Hill House. And we did watch... Uh, ma- last week's MasterChef. I, st- I think we still have one to watch. We're one behind on that. But uh, MasterChef, like I say, is just a, kind of a, a relaxation technique to kind of after after a hard day of working on assignments, we stick on an episode of MasterChef and relax and watch that. But uh, yeah, that Ben Neck Lady episode was top notch stuff, like pinnacle really, really. TV stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, Hill House, it, at its best, it does feel like like this is... Event this, television. This is grade A television, it really is. Um, yeah. But yeah, glad you're you're enjoying that. And good luck to Nat on her, her studies, of course. Yeah, she did her maths exam. She did apparently did very well on it. And uh, she has, I think, two assignments due in tomorrow that she was working on today. Uh, what about any music of what you listening to this week? Just a wee one this week. Um, funny one as well, because like you mentioned uh, when we you discovered the Frank Fields EP there, they were using Spotify's Discover um, functionality. So I, I was doing that this week, listening to a few random songs. And there's one or two, I don't, actually I don't remember what they were now, but there's one or two that were alright. And then there was one song that I was listening to that, that I just kind of got into and was grooving along to, and I, I looked up what it was. It was by a band called The Network. Um, off an album called Money Money 2020. I don't remember which what the track was called, but it was it was that. And I was like, this is good. It was kind of like a a, a, a like an aggressive kind of new wave. So it was kind of like fast tempo, and yeah, I was enjoying it. And then I looked up the well, who the network were, and the network was a side project of a band that I do not like at all, baby. Green Day. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. I mean, to get, to be fair, I thought the song was really catchy, and I thought it was really good, but uh, when I found out that it was Green Day, I was like, oh, do not listen to again. Um, no, nah, but it, to be fair, I, I don't like Green Day at all, but I thought, I, 
as a blind kind of taste test, I did enjoy uh, the network. So, um, good. yeah, that was good. There's a few other ones that it's I like, surprised by stuff like that because if you had known who they were before ahead of time, you probably wouldn't have bothered. Well, to segue a little bit to movie guff this week, um, there was a movie that I started watching. Uh, and I got about five minutes into it, and I just turned it off because I was I was thinking I was not in the right mindset to watch. I got in my head that the movie I was going to watch was like super boring, and uh, and I just decided that it's a movie that deser- deserves more of a fair shake. So I said, okay, I'm not in the mood to be watching this. I'm going in with kind of a a prejudged opinion of it. So I just turned it off and said, okay, I'll come back to this in a week's time when I'm more in the mood to sit down and watch it. Yeah. Uh, so. As uh, shown by that is, yeah, you, you can go into whether it's a you know, music, movie, video game with certain biases that are definitely going to color your, your opinion of it. Uh, so do we want to do you want to move in to Game Golf? Sure. Uh, uh, all right. You go ahead. All right. I'm 75 hours now into Assassin's Creed Odyssey and uh, what more can I really say about it one thing that's kind of striking me now this this late into the game is um, previously I'd, I'd point out that it was just very long that was kind of one of the things that I didn't like about it I wish it was shorter I don't think actually the length is really the problem of it as much as um, like Spider-Man was but Spider-Man to a much lesser extent it's just very repetitive <laughs> um, yeah Every new area you go into is like, okay, you have your one camp there, kill the captain, um, loot the two treasures, find the tablet or whatever, and just do that 500 times. <laughs> and I, I'm just really, really tired of it. I have most of the map uh, uncovered now. I'd say I probably have another 15 hours or so until it's beaten platinumed, and then I can move on with my life. But um, my plan originally was to beat Assassin's Creed and then play Twilight Princess until Christmas. Uh, but I've actually just started Zelda already because I just can't play Assassin's Creed so much. I need to play something else to kind of cleanse the palate and then go back to Assassin's Creed for another five hours or whatever. Um, so I've started playing Zelda Twilight Princess. And Twilight Princess is a game that a lot of people don't like. Um, I think it came out at a time where... Nintendo wasn't so hard, obviously, because it was like late GameCube. The franchise was in a weird state of flux as well after, like, Wind Waker. That was after Wind Waker, right? Yeah, Wind Waker was 2003. Twilight Princess, I think, was 2006. So it was... Because Twilight Princess came out on GameCube and Wii. Um, I I owned originally the GameCube copy because I didn't have a Wii yet. And also I had no uh, plans to play a game with waggle controls. Which then Skyward Sword came out on Wii later and was a complete disaster. Um, but Twilight Princess is a game that a lot of people really dislike. In the sense that I think the criticisms of it are very similar to um, The Force Awakens. In that people say it's too close to Ocarina of Time, it's not as good, it's, it tries too hard to be dark, blah 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 blah. But I actually really, really like Twilight Princess. I think a lot of the dungeon designs are great. I think a lot of the bosses are super satisfying and super fun to play. Um, I think if you play it without the 
waggle control if you play it just with the classic you know uh, gamecube controls it plays super well and super fun to play so i'm playing the hd remaster on the wii u with the even worse console um but about an hour into that and i really enjoy i really like the art style of it as well it's kind of weird kind of strange i don't think it's that close to um ocarina of time and even if people say it is i mean like with force awakens i like that it's almost a direct sequel in the sense that artistically and everything it kind of reminds you of ocarina of time which is one of my favorite games anyway so uh dipping my toe into that i've of course beaten twilight princess uh years and years ago on the gamecube so it's nice to go back to it and uh play it again yeah because i mean either side of it you have wind waker and you have can you guys hear the dogs in the background yep shush dogs wind waker on one side and the skyward sword on the other side were both like really uh child-friendly colorful fun zelda games and then you had this kind of darker uh one in the middle which is kind of what the zelda series always was it was even going back as far as link to the past and the original zelda was like it was scary monster designs and going into the cave. It was never really about cutesy visuals. And I kind of like that about it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be dark in the sense that, you know, every time a Harry Potter, uh, Harry Potter movie came out, it was like, this is the darkest one yet. Okay. I don't think games necessarily have to be dark, but I kind of like that, that this is the, this sticks out like a, a sore thumb amongst all the other ones. Um, and Wind Waker is obviously excellent. Skyward Sword. I don't particularly like, um, so this was the one that I decided. Because I feel like uh, this is the one that I'm least familiar with as well. Because I think I've played through Wind Waker maybe three times. Skyward Sword I beat once. That was enough. I will never go back to that game. Uh, Twilight Princess though, not so fresh in my mind. So it was ni- nice to go back to it and play through the opening hour or so again. I think it's not that long either. It's probably going to take me about 35 hours to beat. Which is doable before... Uh, Christmas. And uh, of course for Christmas I'll hopefully be getting Red Dead Redemption 2 Hitman 2 and Smash Brothers. So I'll have uh, loads of options of games to play by then. But I I really want to get Assassin's Creed finished, which hopefully I'm no more than another week or two away from. And then it's just Twilight Princess until Christmas. What about yourself, Barry? What you've been playing? Uh, I played some more Astrobot on the PlayStation VR. How's that? Uh, which is just lovely. It is the loveliest game. It is just... I'm always smiling when I play it. It's just so great. Music is great. It looks great. Uh, as well as like being a fun platformer, it, it feels like a great introductory experience to VR because you're doing things like... like there's a scene where uh, towards the end of a level, you're shot into the air on a plume of water. Um, and this just the sense of scale and the sense of momentum as you fly into the air is one of those things that it's almost jarring in a sense, but in a good way. It's like a roller coaster type feeling. There's that. There's a, a really excellent underwater level. This sense of uh, space and exploration you have is great. I, I love it. I just love it. It's it's really really great. I can't play the VR uh, uh, too long because I, I you know you got your vision blocked off and your hearing blocked off. It's 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 not something you can do for extended. Yeah, big heavy helmet on as well. Well, I, the thing about the the, the PSVR is it's shockingly comfortable. It's 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 mm. actually very wearable. 
Um, but but it's just that kind of sensory deprivation. It's just it's just not something I'm super super comfortable doing for extended periods of time, especially because I'm doing it in my bedroom, which is quite small. Now, Astrobot, you can play sitting down. It's not a wave your arms around like a maniac game. Uh, you play it with controller, so that's fine. But uh, yeah, it just it, it it's uh, it, it's not. You should not, and I think they even recommend this. You you should not binge VR. It's not it's not the way it's it's meant to be enjoyed. So it seems like it's a fairly a reasonably short game, but it has tons of replayability. Um, the, the the goal of every level is there's eight little robots you have to rescue, and I I think I'm about fifty fifty in terms of getting them all the first run through. So there's a reason to go back, and then there's also a hidden uh, chameleon in each level that unlocks a challenge map. Uh, so there's a decent amount of content in there. I, I'm, I'm playing it a lot within reason, within you know the scope of VR. But uh, really loving it, really, really loving it. I, I think it's actually a, a killer app. I think it's a system seller. I told a friend of mine about a deal. It was 220 quid, I think, for the helmet, a camera, VR worlds, which is almost like a show reel. It's like six mini games in you know, on one disc, and Astrobot. And I said. Getting this headset with Astrobot makes all the other okay-ish and decent stuff on the VR feel a bit more worth it because you have your Mario 64 with Astrobot. And he got it, and so far he's very happy. He's, he seems to, to like it. It's also just a good deal. I mean, that's like half price for all that stuff. But um, yeah, really, really enjoying that. Uh, on the regular non-VR uh, uh, front, I played some Super Mario Party last night, which is a lot of fun. Uh, it, it's you know a, a basic Mario Party setup. It's a board game. Uh, you know you, you take turns rolling a dice, going around a map, trying to buy stars. You play mini games. Uh, some of the mini games incorporate uh, you know the HD rumble and the motion controls, um, which actually highlighted one of my issues with it. Um, I had two Joy Cons and a Pro controller. Um, you can't use the Pro controller at all in the game. Um, you have to, if you have three or four players, you have to have three Joy-Cons. You could not just have any old uh, Switch controller, which I thought was a bit of a bummer because, you know, I spent 80 quid on the Pro controller. Yeah. And the idea is that it, it has uh, motion functionality in it. It has HD rumble. It has Amiibo support. I mean, that's kind of how you justify the cost of it. Is It's a great controller, first of all, but also it does all the stuff that your Switch joy-con should do but then when it's like oh well it's not supported in this game for a first party nintendo game as well it's, it's a bit of a bummer um so that so i have to kind of borrow one off my roommate so uh, but yeah you know other than that it's fun i don't know if i'm gonna get a whole lot of use out of it it's obviously as the name implies a party game uh, but I, I had some fun with it and i i'm also playing the messenger which is an extremely uh accurate ninja gaiden style game uh, sort of with an NES aesthetic and soundtrack. Um, really great. I don't have a lot of nostalgia for the era, but it's a solid platformer. Controls well, looks nice. Soundtrack is tremendous. Um, again, if you're into that era of, of music, they, they've, they've put a good twist on it. And uh, surprisingly funny. There's a lot of very witty dialogue in it. Uh, it's a little bit fourth wall breaky, but again, it's you know they're 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 making a nostalgia game based on like a thirty year old genre and system, so I think they have to kind of be a bit more nod and wink with it. Um, mm. But yeah, I actually like 
shockingly uh, laughed quite quite a couple of times playing it, which is a, a pleasant surprise. Um, and I got that on the Switch eShop. Uh, I think it's still on sale. That's like fifteen quid. Uh, I would recommend it at that price. It's uh, if you like that style, if you like your old Ninja Gaiden games. Um, yeah, and uh, I think that's it for me for for games this week. Um, do we want to jump into the old movie guff? Yes. yes. Let's uh, first. Um, this I movie. have just watched one movie this week. I watched that new Grinch movie for some reason. Oh, god! How was that? Uh, is I? Is I? Is I? I would not recommend it, but it's like if you want to see something Christmassy, it's like not bad. Um, the the cast is really good. It's like Benedict Cumberbatch is the Grinch. Uh, Keenan Thompson voices his best friend. Um, uh, you know, and some other um, um, interesting uh, uh, names in the cast. But yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay. It's it's very by the numbers. They did not. They didn't reinvent the wheel. They told the Grinch story again, um, and they, it's decently animated. Um, yeah, that's all I have for a movie. Go by. It's been a quiet week for me, so I'll, I'll let you boys take it. I actually watched the, the Jim Carrey Grinch, or most of it anyway, uh, on Thanksgiving. That's a weird fucking movie, isn't it? It is. Oh my god, the creepy faces, the weird camera angles—it's demented. And that's a Ron Howard movie, all the weirdest. Yeah. What are you doing, Ron? <laughs> I kind of like it because of how weird it is. I, I find it very off-putting and creepy. It's almost yeah, it's, uh, it's almost got horror movie elements to it, and it's got Jim Carrey at, yeah. at his wildest. Um, yeah. And that's one thing I've heard about the new Grinch is that it's just kind of redundant in that it's it's a quite safe telling of the story. You know, it really is. It's it's like yeah, I I, I was it's, I'm more kind of surprised they bothered making it. Was kind of my take takeaway. It was not bad by any stretch, but it was just a, a weird decision. Yeah, I don't know that that Jim Carrey Grinch. I think is one of my little. Guilty, guilty pleasures because I, I don't know whether objectively it's any good but it's it's just got something about it. i think jim carrey's energy obviously carries it quite mm. quite heavily um and it's just so fucking weird yeah even all the like character designs all the little nose and stuff is so odd everyone looks real fucking weird in it yeah, yeah. so what score would you give that new one barry six out of ten i win 2.5 stars on the old letterbox. Yeah, so one less, one less than I, I gave um, Three Stooges. Let's not forget. It was like right down the middle. I was like, I did not find it especially entertaining, but I couldn't. I didn't want to trash it because it didn't feel like it was worth trashing. Sure. Uh, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not anything worth going out of the way for. Hmm. Well. I watched a few movies on the plane. Go for it. Um, so kicked off with uh, latest Marvel. Really well, was it the latest Marvel release? I don't know. You can, you can I think probably think another one. Um, yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp, mm-hmm. uh, the sequel to everyone's favourite uh, blockbuster, Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Um, this this time he's got a woman in it, and she's the Wasp. Um, so basically, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer were a sexy Ant-Man and Wasp couple back in some kind of indeterminate era, 60s or 70s. Um, Michael Douglas kept the suits, uh, and now he's given them to uh, your man Paul Rudd and the one-off Lost, so that they can go into the quantum realm and recover Michelle Pfeiffer, who's been lost for 40 years. 
Um, so that's the plot in a nutshell. It was your typical Marvel stuff. It was quite fun. Um, quite a lot of comedy in it. I, you know, I, I laughed quite a bit. Enjoyed some of the jokes. The plot is kind of... Yeah, it's, they kind of do some really fun stuff with this sort of shrink ray. It was a little bit Honey, I Shrunk the Kids at the time. Um, which oh, yeah. is a movie I like. So that's that's good. Um, yeah, I, I, Michael Douglas is really good. He, he's very, very funny. But he's just got a great pre, you know, movie star presence as well. Um, so I give it, you know, kind of thumbs in the middle, thumbs up. Again, one of those Marvel movies, it doesn't, it's not going to be one of my favourites. I'll revisit, but it was it was watchable and it was it was well well made. So I give it kind of you know seven sevenish out of ten. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I possibly enjoyed it more than the first one actually because I think the um, it wasn't a the same kind of you know scheming villain trying to blow things up with a laser or whatever they want to do and take over the world. It had uh, it was more of a kind of rescue mission, which is a bit more interesting. Um. I also watched a, a wrestling-related movie called Walk Like a Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is... Uh, it's been around quite a long time. Originally, I think it was going to be a TV series. And I think they were trying to get it off the ground, trying to get it developed, and eventually it became a movie. Um, so it's about a bunch of kind of world of sport era wrestlers who uh, make a comeback to try and save uh, their local pub from going out of business. Um, it's really bad. It's, <laughs> it's like you're kind of, it's not UK lottery funded, but it's that kind of level of like, uh, did they just read the script once and go, yes, turn this into a movie? <laughs> did they actually uh, do any rewrites or put any kind of thought into it? It just kind of lacks any real sort of, so it wants to be, I think like a, like a full Monty or like a, you know, Kinky Boots or Calendar Girls, one of those kind of heartwarming sort of British movies where a bunch of oddballs band together to, to, to just, you know, pull, pull off something. But it's just bad. There's a few funny bits in it and some, you know, some kind of fu- quite funny characters that if they were in maybe like a, uh, you know, a sitcom as a bit part or something, would be quite entertaining. But with this, it was just not good at all. So, um, I mean, unless you're a, a big fan of kind of watching wrestling related movies and you're a bit of a completist uh, I wouldn't bother with this one uh, which is a shame because you know I'm quite I, w- I wanted it to be good it's a UK wrestling movie that's you know it wasn't Did you unfortunately watch the trailer for the the page movie oh yes yes well, was quite... I, I thought it was better than that fucking rock segment they put out um, oh yeah yeah it looks like a proper movie um, I kind of like what they're doing with it. My only complaint was again on I was moaning on Twitter about they basically give away every kind of beat of the film in the trailer. You kind of see the whole arc of what's going to happen. Um, I could pretty much sit down and write the movie now. I think without seeing it, but um, it, it looks. I think it'll be good. I think I'll, I'll look forward to seeing it. Uh, I think it's got you know Merchant's done it. I like his sense of humour. I think he's good writer director so i'm sure it will be kind of competently done uh yeah so it looks looks good yeah we'll give, give it a watch um any other any other movies joe um what else did i watch oh yeah battle of the sexes which is a movie about a tennis match that happened in the 70s between 
Billie Jean King, who was kind of number number one female tennis player at that time, and this retired kind of old uh, tennis player called I've forgotten his name now, something Riggs or something. Anyway, he basically came out and challenged her to a kind of you know man versus woman tennis match to prove that even at the age of 55 as a retired pro he could beat the kind of number one women's tennis player and women were no good and this kind of thing um so emma stone plays billy jean king and steve Carell is is the other guy um it was quite fun quite enjoyable kind of drama comedy um doesn't really kind of get, get to that next level uh, i think it may be th- had aspirations of being, you know, kind of award fodder, um, but I don't think it ever really got there. Um, Emma Stone's a bit kind of, eh, in it. Doesn't really add much to, to, to the role she's playing. Steve Carell, on the other hand, is really, really good. Um, I just found his character a lot more compelling, even though he's not the protagonist. He's, he's the kind of it's almost comic relief. Um, I think he brought a lot more to the role than she did, so I actually found him um, a lot more interesting. Uh, so in the battle of the sexes, man wins in the in the movie terms. Uh, um, yeah, I'd recommend that. You know, if you if you've got a kind of vague interest in in that sort of real life story, it's a pretty good film. Um, and also watch a couple of documentaries. So one on Studio Fifty Four, yeah, infamous New York nightclub from the seventies. Mm. Um, so my my office Christmas party this year is actually Studio Fifty Four themed. So that's what I kind of watched it for research trying to get my, my outfit, my costume down, uh, get some inspiration. But yeah, it was actually a really good documentary. It kind of looks into the sort of rise and fall of the of the club and then the period and what was going on at that time. So that's quite interesting. Uh, also, it's quite a strange documentary about the game show The Price is Right, um, mm-hmm. about a guy who uh, kind of watched, obsessively watched every episode and actually memorized the prices of all the products they have on the show. <laughs> And he would go along as a, a contestant and he would literally ah. be able to re- recall every price of every product and would get it, you know, you have to guess the price of the, the products, or whatever. And he would get it spot on every time. And it's kind of about him and his sort of, you know, love affair with the prices right over the decades. And then and a scandal that happens. That was quite entertaining. I don't know if it, it was on Hulu. I don't know if it's easily kind of findable in UK and Ireland. But yeah, quite a, quite a fun little documentary. Um, yeah, and that's it. Bit of a mixed bag in, in terms of movies, but a, a good week. Okay, dokie. Uh, I, as I mentioned, I started to watch First Man, which is the um, the new uh, Damien Chazelle. Is that the guy's name? Who did Whiplash Ooh. and La La Land? Damien Chazelle. Yeah, his his new movie starring uh, Ryan Gosling as. Um, Neil Armstrong, who was you, you might remember um, Ryan Gosling from La La Land, <laughs> where he played a man who loves jazz yet speaks over it when watching it live. Um, <laughs> so I this this was the movie I watched the first five minutes and just thought I I, I I'm not in the mood to watch this. Uh, I'm sure it is not a boring film, but no. I will com- <laughs> I will come back to it. <laughs> I'll come back to it when I'm more in a mood. I, I'm I, I'm not terribly interested in the story of Neil, Neil Armstrong, to be fair. That's the thing. It's like what he did is interesting. He is not especially interesting. And like they, as they established early in the film, in the bits that you saw, like he has this, you know, he lost his daughter or whatever. Mm. But, <laughs> or whatever. But it's like... Like losing a sock. 
other than that, and it's kind of even talked about a bit in the film, he's kind of just a white bread guy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like yeah. it's not. The, the, it, the film never hits you with a not. I know it's a telling of a, of a factual story, so maybe they don't have the material there. But well, then don't make the movie. But yeah, it never exactly. hits you with like a left hook about. Oh well, here's what here's the the hook about this guy's life. Like no, it's just that he worked hard to go to the moon. Yeah, I mean they're not going to send the kind of maverick renegade with a troubled back backstory to be the first man on the moon. They're yeah. going to go with a safe pair of hands, aren't they? It wasn't going to be Han Solo, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I dare say I'll have a proper review of First Man next week. Um, my idea, anyway, with with this, uh, I watched The Star Is Born last week, as I talked about. Um, is usually every year when I watch all my Oscar movies, I leave too many of them for the last couple of weeks leading up to the Oscars, and I have to watch five of them a week, and I get tired of them inevitably. So I'm going to try and knock out as many as I can in the lead up to the Oscars. So by the time the Oscar lists come out, I'll only have like 10 to watch. A much more manageable number. Um, moving on anyway, I watched uh, Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. The uh, Lonely Island uh, movie starring the Lonely Island. Uh, Andy Samberg and his cohorts. Oh. This is the one where he plays uh, a rapper called Connor, Connor For Real. And it's the movie from which the uh, Humble song comes from, which uh, the New Nasties use as their theme song in OTT. Um, it's very funny. I'm, I'm a big Lonely Island guy anyway. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> what I will say, though, is... It uh, it never feels really like a movie. If it, 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 something I'll say about TV show or about movies, sometimes that they feel like long episodes of TV shows. And what I mean by that is, some, maybe maybe they weren't particularly cinematic. Maybe um, maybe the story wasn't just you know the, the, on that big a scale. Uh, Popstar just feels like a very long internet comedy video, or, or like an SNL skit stretched out to about an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> so just an SNL skit. Just an SNL skit then. Um, it's told as a kind of a mockumentary, which it never really uses to any great extent. It's just a framework for the kind of skits. Uh, and as a result, it's, it's kind of an ugly looking movie. It, it's all handheld camera and it, it doesn't look very nice. The songs are all very funny, etc. And it is, it is a very funny movie, to be fair. But um, like with the latest Ricky Gervais efforts, efforts in inverted commas. Um, I kind of, I kind of think the whole mockumentary medium needs a bit of a rest. I think it's over, you know, played out by this stage, uh, but very funny and worth a watch on that alone. And, uh, along with Brooklyn nine, nine, I'm, I'm kind of becoming a Sandberg fan. I like his stuff. And this was good. This is very good. And I also watched a new release to Netflix. The new Coen Brothers film, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, yeah. How is that? It's really good. I liked it a lot. It's um, It kind of flew under the radar for me. When Hail Caesar was coming out, I feel like I had heard lots about it in the months leading up to its release. Like Obviously, you have the, um, the word, that it, word that it were so sample um, trailer, which I felt like I'd seen hundreds of times 
And and I was watching the movie, waiting for him to say the line, to say would that it were so sample. And then he did say it, and I was like, yes. Um, this one just kind of was out, and I I understand that that's that's Netflix. Uh, the Netflix model is that a movie will just be released. <laughs> you won't hear anything about it until it's, it's out today. So this is the new Coen Brothers movie. You might have heard of them. For, uh, some little movies like Fargo, The Big Lebowski, No Country for Old Men, uh, Inside Lewin Davis, the aforementioned uh, Hail Caesar, which I've, I've, I've seen all of those. Also some early, early movies I haven't seen, uh, Blood Simple, Barton Fink, uh, which I do need to check out. So this is the latest one. It's uh, an anthology western film, which is told uh, in six different stories, uh, ranging from the overtly comedic and very funny to the kind of more dramatic to the macabre. And uh, yeah, the, obviously, when it comes to anthology movies, there there is kind of a variance in how much you're going to like certain stories versus certain, some of the other ones. Um, quite a lot of good performances in here. You have um, a bit of an eclectic cast. You have James Franco. I'm, I'm kind of going through them in my head here, chronologically. Uh, James Franco, uh, Stephen Root. You have um, uh, Zoe Kazan. You have Liam Neeson. You have uh, Tom Waits. Who's a very good in it, um, and so yeah, there's there's six different stories. Um, I won't spoil necessarily what they are, what they're about, because um, I think you know, I think it's it's a movie that is worth going into not knowing necessarily what the stories are, because there's quite a few surprises thrown up as a result, um, and some of the stories you think are going to go a certain way, and they go in completely the opposite direction, or or take like right hand turns where you don't think they are um i've i heard in a lot of reviews that people weren't so hot on the liam neeson one that it was a bit weird but that was actually my i think my favorite of all the stories mm. um so i really enjoyed that the tom waits story is excellent in its in its simplicity I, and i could just watch tom waits kind of mumble to himself for a good hour um he's very very good in it and um I think the weakest of the six is probably the last one, which stars um, Brendan Gleeson uh, and a few other people. But it's just kind of the most mundane of the six. Uh, and I, that does the way I kind of enjoyed the, the, the stories, like on a scale. The ones that I enjoyed the most were kind of the ones that were the, the weirder or the more unique. And the ones I, I enjoyed the least were kind of the, the more standard Western ones. But uh, definitely worth a watch. And up there... Uh, with my favorites of the year, I think I probably have it in my top, definitely in the top ten, maybe around five or six. Um, definitely worth a watch, and it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix exclusive, so go watch it on Netflix. Um, it's on my list. It's really good, especially if you're a Coen Brothers fan. Definitely up to their standard. Better than uh, Burn After Reading. That's kind of my my benchmark. If if anything is better than Burn After Reading, I'm in because Burn After Reading I wasn't so hot on, but uh. Love Hail Caesar, love Inside Lewin Davis, love all the ones I mentioned. And now I love this one too. Alrighty. And I think that's all our movies this week, is it? Yep. Uh, Paul, you got an email? I do have an email. 
This email comes to us from Mr. William Sewell. Subject, the Griff thinks. Now, don't, don't stand up out of your chairs too quick, gentlemen, okay? Oh, hang on. Hang on. So, Will says, sorry I'm a week late on this. Life er gets in the way. Um, which it reminds me a bit of um, Jeff Goldblum. In Jurassic Park, <laughs> saying life finds a way. Life, uh, life uh, hmm, uh, finds a way. Hmm, yes, life. Hmm, life. Yeah, Undertaker. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> 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 I tell you what, that would be one of my one of my goals in life. If anyone out there has the connection, maybe Michelle. We get Michelle on this because I know she's got the the Hollywood connections. If we can get Jeff Goldblum to record the explain and the I Undertaker intro. Um, I think that would be a thing of beauty. Uh, explain and um, hmm, I wonder. Hmm, I often wonder about. Hmm. Oh, Jeff Goldblum, what a what a golden man he is. Um, anyway, the Griff thinks it's quiz time. So let's get out your pens and papers. This is the equivalent of um, the Barry Lad thinks, which we did two oh, weeks similar. ago. Now, to be fair to Will. Don't worry about being a week late on this. Joe was away last week, so we wouldn't have done a quiz last week anyway. We would have waited for him. But, um, so, we have seven questions. For those who missed the amazing The Barry Lad Thinks from two weeks ago. (laughs) First of all, go back and listen to it. But second of all, uh, what the quiz is here is there are seven questions that I will give an answer to whether correct or not uh, is irrelevant. The idea of the game is for Barry and Joe to be as close to my answer as possible. So, what we'll do here is I'll I'll read out the question and I I will write down my answer so that it cannot be changed. Okay. Joe and Barry will then give their answers and whoever's the closest will get the point. Okay. Mm. So, question. Number one, what does the Griff think? How many hours of CSP are there? Oh. Okay. Hmm. Let me think out loud. This is number. Okay. Okay, so I've got my answer for that. Okay, Joe, do you want to give me yours first? Uh, seven, wait, it's hours, right? Hours. How many hours of CSP are there? 777. Okay, <laughs> very specific. I'm going to go 820. Uh, the point there goes to... Oh, it's very, very close. Very close. I think the point goes to Barry on that one. Oh. Sorry. I said 805. Oh, yes, lads. 805. Because we, 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 every episode is give or take an hour and a half, two hours. This is 417 mm. times two would be 834. Mm. But I, I didn't think... I did, not every episode is two hours. I went a little bit short in that. But that's yeah, one, yeah. Point to, uh, one point to Barry on that one. Here we go. I'm finally going to win a fucking quiz. All right, come on. <laughs> okay, number two. 
<laughs> this one this one could be anywhere. Number two, what's the most pints the Barry lad has drank in an evening? Oh, um, um, okay. Uh, I'm gonna say somewhere around that. Oh god, I really have no idea. This could be like Either the kind of mundanely little or grossly huge. I think it might be grossly huge. Okay, well, I've already written down my answer. So, um, Barry, do you want to give yours first this time? Okay. Uh, um, ten. Ten, Joe. Um, I got eleven. Oh, sorry. I I said nine. <laughs> so that's two for Barry. What's the correct answer, Barry? Whether I, I, so I don't know, but I would say, yeah. Like if we're including like Can's head before I go out, yeah. <laughs> I would include Can's head before you go out. Ten, ten or eleven or twelve would probably be the. <sighs> well, if you said most ever, like probably. Yeah, most ever. It's not. It's not. You're, you know. Probably like like I, I. I'm sure there was probably a time I did like fifteen or something like that. <sighs> That's a lot. Okay. Don't know, don't know how I'm alive, folks. Uh, barely hanging on by his fingertips. Uh, number three. How many times has Joe voted in his life? Hmm. Mm. Okay, let me think. Hmm. See, I don't know if Joe's a voter. I don't think it's ever come up in discussion. I'm going to guess, though. <sighs> Yeah, I don't think it ever has come. Actually. I don't think so. Um, all right, Joe, you want to give me your answer this time? Um, so I'm guessing what you'll get. I'll say six. Okay, Barry. Hey there. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, uh, four. Four. Okay, uh, we have a, an exact correct answer here. Uh, six, I said. Ah, uh, very good. Yeah. So Joe on the nose with that one. What's the correct so, answer I, out of interest? Yeah. I would, I'd say probably eight okay. is the correct answer. Because I, I think I first voted when I was 20. So that would be once every two years, say there's a vote, uh, plus the Brexit one. So that comes to about eight, I think. Okay, cool. Well, the uh, score at the moment is 2-1 to Barry. Joe, Joe uh, a firm Brexit means Brexit, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, number four. I think Joe was actually behind that one Daily Mail um, headline that had the judges' faces on it and it was like, enemy of the people. Um, number four. How many days is the longest WWE championship reign? Right. Oh, how long is the... Presumably this is like that one Bruno one. How long is he championed for? So what, what do you think? What do I is? think? Yeah. Um... All right, I, th- I think I've seen this number somewhere before. It's probably not right, but would that be somewhere near? Um, who's first? Is it me or? Uh, yes, we'll have Barry first this time. 
Okay. Uh, I'm just, I'm just thinking. I'll give, I'll give you two points on this one if you get the number exactly correct to what I thought it is. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking back to the first time we did this quiz. My bad. <laughs> is it more or less times that Triple H has appeared on yeah, Raw? Triple H, there hasn't even been two thousand episodes of Raw. I don't know what I was doing. Anyway, uh, um, uh, I'll say. 2,800. Okay, Joe. Um, I think I think the right answer is going to be around 2,500, and I think Paul will get close to that. So I'll say 2,750. 2,750? Yeah. Okay, I went... Uh, that, the point is to Joe again this time. I went far less. I, I went 2,176. Um, let's see what the correct answer What's actually the... is. Uh, Twenty-eight zero three. Oh, that's way off. Okay. Barry was actually the closest. I was actually us. very close to the real. <laughs> Barry was three days off the real answer. Sorry about that. Because um, I, I thought it was what was it about seven years? So I was like, well, three, yeah. three hundred times seven. Of course, forgetting all those older sixty-five days of the year. Uh, so two all number five. How many contacts does Paul have in his phone? Um, Where's my phone? I know I've already guessed my answer, but you you guessed okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have a wee look. Right, um, Joe, we'll get your answer first this time. Um, I'm gonna say. 46. Okay. Barry. I don't know if that's a lot. I'm dipping a little bit there. How many contacts does Paul have in his phone? Um, I'm going to say not that many. I'm going to say, because I know I don't. Um, So I'm going to say eight. Eight. Okay. Uh, Eight. Joe is the winner on that one. Uh, I I guessed about 80. So I'm going to have a look now. 80? Yeah. Fucking hell, I have like five numbers in my phone. And four of them are pizza places. It's the same pizza place as well. He's just got the mobile phone numbers of the people that work there. Is this the driver? Hello. You're working tonight. Pizza. (laughs) What is that voice? (laughs) Drunk Berry. I have 73 contacts is the correct answer. Because I'm a team leader. I have to have people's phone numbers at work. Oh, all right, Gareth. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, He's having a go. Um, I've got 107. But to be honest, I don't know who 90 of these are. It's just random numbers I've accumulated over the last 20 years. Yeah. I I think I have Joe's number still on this. Uh, one, one of my 73 let's change that see here uh, I do probably is, is the wrong number by now don't read it out on here ends in a 6 yeah okay. <laughs> got it um, speaking of 6 question 6 what score does the griff think Cabin in the Woods has on Metacritic Um, because I know we love Cabin in the Woods. Uh, 
Yeah. And uh, I actually had on Time Hop, like yesterday, a conversation from a few years ago between Barry and myself when where um I put out my movie of the year lists and I had Skyfall above Cabin in the Woods. Mm. Um, which I still stand by. I still think Skyfall is, is a better made film. But we we love Cabin in the Woods on this podcast. But what score do I think it has on Metacritic? I mean, I, I think probably the general public... Although I, I, I remember it being quite well received. I don't think it's quite held in as high regard as we hold it. No, um, I, don't, I don't think so, no. I will go for... Okay. So, Barry, do you want to give me yours first here? Uh, I, I would say 82 Okay, Joe. Uh, I think he's going to go in the sevens, so I go seventy-six. Ooh, I I went seventy-two. So Joe, you Ooh. get the point on that one. Okay. Let's see what the correct answer is. Fuck. Uh, it ha- it is seventy-two. Jeez, I got it exactly right. Ah, wow, well done. That that was a guess. Let me just throw that out there. Um, okay, so unfortunately, Barry, that means the score is 4-2 to Joe going into the last question. Fuck. You've thrown away your lead yet Fuck. again. Uh, and then final one, and I should know this, given that what, what, what I've done recently. Um, question seven. How many movies does Griff think Dwayne The Rock Johnson has appeared in? And I'll say to you guys, just to make this a little bit fairer, I don't include in that Randy Orton Eyes of a Predator or whatever. I'm talking about feature, actual feature films. Mm. Right, you're good, Joe. Joe. Um, mm. Seems to be there's quite a few. I want to say. Uh, 35. Okay, Barry? I was going to go higher than that. I was going to go 42. Oh, I think Joe is closer by one. Uh, th- oh. 38, I think, at my last count, was the amount of movies that oh. I'd, I'd watched that Dwayne Rock Johnson was in. So I think Joe's three away. Barry's four away there. Uh, which means the final score of The Griff Thinks is... Joe, five. Barry, two. Wow, that's a pace thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I presume, no pressure on Will, but I presume we're getting a, we're getting a towny thinks down the line. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, all my answers will be 100% on the money. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, very good. Thanks very much, Will. Um, so then I guess we can finish up with some rest and go yeah, so did, did you lads watch any Survivor Series? Did not bother my whole, baby. You, you. Not I enough hours watch, in the day. Um, I did actually download SmackDown last week for the first time in about uh, Seven years? 15 years, probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to watch Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. Uh, How was that? Yeah. Well, I, I have some bad news for you. Uh, it appears you're both a pair of, I think you're a pair of dumb bitches for not watching the show, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Hashtag dumb bitches. 
Um, because they had, this show had two of my favorite matches I've seen all year on it, and one other match that was very good. Right, let me uh, let me guess. Um, the cruiserweight match, first of all, that was the very good match. Yep. And what else would have been good on this? Lesnar. Uh, I think for five seconds, maybe, and you might get it. You go on. Lesnar Brown. Rousey Flair. Yes. So the two. Okay. Actions that are up there: Rousey Flair and um, Brock Bryan. Okay. Uh, Brock Bryan is incredible. It's all you need to see to get on board with this Daniel Bryan heel turn. It's it's Brian Danielson. He's back. I mean, I'm happy to announce <laughs> in, in Pog form. Uh, great match. Incredible. The first five minutes of it, he's stalling with his fucking stupid nerd grin on his face and getting out of the ring and doing all this. And then Brock finally catches him and throws him and throws him and throws him and throws him and he's landing on his head and Brian's going limp and Brock is just cackling and beating the absolute shite out of him and then there's a turd in the match where, where <laughs> there's a turd in the match <laughs> what? 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 I heard you say a turd that's right in the match No, there was a turd oh I thought he, he dropped on his head and shit his pants during the match I shit my pants. Rest in He thought Brock was going to put him out of his misery, and then Brian started firing back with his comeback, and oh, it was glorious because he actually because Brock was selling for him like nobody. He sold more for him than he did for Ambrose by a factor of about ten. Um, uh, and you actually, it actually seemed like Brian had a chance to win. Maybe he, Brock uh, watched that Dean Ambrose. Um, podcast interview before the match. I don't know. Fuck, just like this. Eight, shit. eight. Mm. But it was a cracking match. Also, a cracking match. Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair was tremendous. They had an intense, like stiff fight with great mat wrestling, which I was not expecting from Charlotte at all because I don't think of her when I think of that. They were fucking roughing each other up. It felt like a fight. It felt like a real fight. And uh, uh, the finish was a bit of a letdown, but the, the post-match angle where she beat the absolute shit out of Ronda Rousey with chairs and a kendo stick. Broke, legitimately broke a kendo stick off Ronda Rousey, and not in a way where they obviously gave her a kendo one and it split. Like, she was just wailing on Ronda Rousey. I haven't seen a post-match beat out the weapon like this in ages in WWE. Absolutely beat her senseless. Uh, crowd going crazy. Uh, those two matches were excellent. The Cruiserweight match, Mustafa Ali versus uh, uh, Buddy Murphy, was great, as they always are. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a sociopath, you know, but uh, those two matches were great. Um, so, and, and the, the top two, especially, are worth going out of your way to see. Uh, so, outside of that, I mean, do, do you want to touch on the other wrestling news, the, the All Elite wrestling and things like that? Hmm... Hmm. What does all elite yes. wrestling? What does that mean? What does it mean it's, it's for a, business? It's a shite name. It's up there with Global Force Wrestling in terms of it is a little bit ancient names. Yeah, I, I, it's like, yeah, it's it's like they have to obviously incorporate the fact that they're the elite the into the name. But yeah. I don't. Know. I feel like I'd like more promotions to to call themselves a name rather than a, a what something that's obviously meant to be an acronym, like a, a, yeah. yeah. Like evolve, 
Lucha Underground or Progress. Yeah. I, think, I think even if I don't love those names individually, I at least like that it's not just I, I, the abbreviation trope in wrestling. I'm like, ah, I don't need that anymore. They I don't also, think I don't think AEW rolls off the tongue that well either. No, it's not no. UFC or WWF, is it? I, I even mean, just Elite would be good. That's fine as a promotional name. Elite Wrestling, yeah. I, and is that probably taken? Like I was thinking, yeah. What, what about like yeah. elite wrestling? Just like BW. That that's surely taken. Do you know what I mean? It, it's it's. Um, um, yeah, but who cares? It's taken by some uh, bumfuck promotion in the middle of Wisconsin or something. Who cares? I suppose, yeah, there is there's also like a promotion called like Impact Pro Wrestling already that, that, that nobody <laughs> yeah. cares. Uh, and that's the one that's on TV that no one cares about. Another one. That other, um, <laughs> that other one, no one cares about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. That's interesting. You know, will the bloom come off the rose? The more the more people see this stuff, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But um, uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It, I, it doesn't seem like anything I'd watch to be honest, because I feel like I got my fill of that at All In itself. Um, I was like, that was fun. I don't. I would not watch this promotion. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, but I think also, a lot a lot of people will though. As as evidenced by at least the initial show. Uh, I I don't know I don't know if um, I don't know if like people would, like that. I guess that's the question. I think definitely people would come into it um, um, hot, but whether or not they'd stick around. That depends on the quality of the show. Um, and of course, if uh, there'd be any potential for like a TV deal. Although I, I guess in, in 2018, that's maybe not as important as it once was. I suppose not. Yeah, I mean, look, they they did all in with basically. Well, Ring of Honor has telly, but the majority of it was online stuff like New Japan and uh, the YouTube show, obviously. Um, yeah, hmm. time will tell on that. Um, uh, the other news: they announced a NXT UK takeover, which is to say. A takeover for the UK brand, rather than rather than just NXT takeover that happens in the UK. Um, I have not watched one second of that weekly show. Um, no, I've did. I've heard it's it's like first man. It's a little bit boring. Yeah, uh, they they announced they have they have started teasing the Jordan Pete match. I'll probably watch that when it's up because it's already taped. They've done it already. But I yeah I've just no interest in watching what is a roster I find. To be pretty uncompelling, um, have you know flat WWE matches. So, I mean, I, I you know, not not to me, but you know, interesting that they're they're going all in with that that brand. It would seem. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know if there's really uh, too much else to talk about news wise. Um, I, th- I think that might actually be it for the show tonight. Um, We'll be back next week with what do we got next week. Oh, I will not be here. Uh, I'm at Contenders. So, Tony thinks we'll have to wait another week. Oh, sorry, Gary. Will. What you've done? Look what you've done. Oh well, we we do. We're doing little two week increments on this because you weren't here last week. Oh, oh. anyway, oh. he's having a go. Uh, so there we go. So you two can can fly the flag or whatever. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? The CSP flag. Oh yeah, oh, I thought you were telling me. I thought you were insulting us. You took a fly the fly the fucking gay pride flag. 
What? Well, oh, jokes on you because I'm. I will proudly fly that fag. So. You fucking maniac! All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we'll be back. Uh, the lads will be back next week. I'll be back with them there the following week. Uh, they'll be talking about all the. You know, well, they're probably not going to watch any wrestling. They couldn't bother the whole. Uh, so yeah. I might watch. Uh, no, I watch. I watch NXT this week. Oh, yeah. it's scintillating. Take that. Uh, what do you want me to do, Murphy? He's having a guy. He's having a little guy. These lads don't watch any wrestling. I watch wrestling. Do whatever you want, mate. I'm the worker. Hey, love this like 15 minutes of wrestling talk after an hour of shit. They love it. <laughs> Download the little SOBs. NXT UK over takeover. Whatever, mate. I'm not watching that shite. <laughs> Insight. What insight we give you here on this thing, whatever this thing is. Uh, rubbish. Utter rubbish. Why are you listening to this? Are you crazy? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh. Anyway. Go on. Do the, do the, do the plugs. Chairshoppodcast.com uh, at chairshoppod on Twitter is how you can follow along with the, uh, uh, the the show in the week. Um, and yeah, and you can send us an email from um, uh, fucking chairshoppodcast.com Chair as well. Go to chairshoppodcast.com, go to the bottom, there's a little email button, I'll click that, send an email. Tell us why you listen to this. What do you get from it? <sighs> All right. Is this the worst show we've ever done? Or the best? No! Or the best? You tell us, <laughs> listeners. No, some of the some of those early ones were the pits. Then they were the fucking pits. Can you put, can we put in the episode uh, rundown? We discuss whether wrestling promotions should use acronyms for names, and if <laughs> one of the three of us watched a few matches from Survivor Series, that will fucking sell this. We'll go. We'll be swimming in money by the end of the week. <laughs> anyway, that's it for P this week. Um, <laughs> That's it for the baffling, bafflingly named Chairshot Podcast. Uh, thanks for... You will be back next week, but not me, baby. I just need a week off. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks for listening, folks, and do send that to the email in my evidence. So it's goodbye for me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye for Paul. Goodbye. It's goodbye. This is Joe Tarrant. Goodbye.